Hey guys, this is Editor Matt. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know there was an issue with Casey's mic and he sounds a little bit distorted. I did what I could with it, so if you're wondering, no, it's not your speakers or your headphones. It was an issue on our end. Okay, back to the podcast. What's up, hobby friends, and welcome to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. Now, today we have a pretty fun topic. It's how to expand on your hobby skills, or or what kind of hobby skills you have that transfer or translate into other things. But before we get to that, I want to find out what Brent's been up to. So, yeah, what's been uh, going on there, guy? Uh, hey Casey, thanks for the intro. We got an important news update today. Uh, mm. I just learned this this week. The Dollar Tree is the last major dollar store chain to uh, abandon the whole concept of selling everything for a dollar. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely and, ridiculous. I mean, we just addressed this a few episodes ago, and mm-hmm. I went into a Dollar Tree recently, and these the links that they have to go to to you know, unethically source any item <laughs> that they can sell for the price of $1 these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it results in a very interesting collection of stuff in that store. It does, yeah. Which is interesting for crafters, you know? I mean, like it's there's, nice. There's a lot of random yeah. crap in a dollar store. I mean, I guess it does bring... Exactly, that's the way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is crap. just <laughs> random crap to the point where it is surprising and delightful to walk mm-hmm. through some of those aisles mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. you know what i actually have a good dollar store story that uh i use today in fact in my hobby so okay. uh about six months ago i went into my uh, my dollar tree uh everything is a dollar in there um and i bought wooden blocks and they're very tiny little you know cube kind of like dice you know like your your average dice size um, and I finally used some today, so I feel pretty good about that. Like, uh, I found the weirdness and I, I, I bought it and I put it in my hobby drawer and I was just waiting. I was sitting on it and I was like, you know what? I'm painting some space lizards. There needs to be some, uh, some cubes on this base just to make it look cool. Mm. So I did. I used cubes on my base. Well, the time finally came. Mm-hmm. Now, see... My understanding is that Dollar Tree is going to go the way of Dollar General and Dollar whatever else. And it's just going to be, you know, stuff stuff sold for $3. And mm-hmm. a $3 p- price point, you can get actual products in the store. You don't have to go That's to true. such strange off-brand wooden cubes. Yeah. <laughs> get some on-brand wooden cubes. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to be saying what we can what can we possibly sell for a dollar? Like, I don't know, I got some some wood offcuts that I can put in a bag. <laughs> for <know>? real. <laughs> Just a bunch of offcuts, yeah. That's useful. So, um yeah, it's a it's going to be a whole new world next year. Uh Dollar Tree is going to be a little uh. bit different, but we're going to be a little bit different too. Maybe I'll save up a couple extra dollars and, you know, go to a, a real store because the, the janky cheapness that was the Dollar Tree, it's mm-hmm. in the past. It's in the past. A little bit. I mean, if they're like the, the Dollar Tree does have its kind of own stuff, you know, I don't know. Like they still have LA's totally awesome. So that's fine. 
Like, I'll probably still go there to pick stuff up. Um, I mean, they still sell Hot Wheels for a buck, and that's a, that's a thing. Like, most other stores sell it for a buck twenty-five. So, I guess they're they're catching up on that, though. That's the point. You've been thinking about Hot Wheels a lot lately, haven't you? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, Do it. Yeah, I, Do I've it. been... Uh, oh, yeah, I guess I should. So, I've been thinking about starting a Hot Wheels YouTube channel for quite a while now. Um, and I finally took the plunge and spent some money on uh, getting the stuff that I need to do that. And I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to it's gonna be a little bit of hobby in there, you know, but it's going to be a lot of, like, downhill Hot Wheels racing action. Um, mostly just to do as kind of a family thing, but that, you know, with the, the skills that I've learned in this hobby that can transfer over. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Um, I I can do something fun and kind of keep, I don't know, just make fun videos for, for the family, I guess, and uh, also try and take a piece of that Hot Wheels pie on the YouTubes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, though. That's going to be good. I am very curious to see what you come up with. I know you've done at least one video on your channel where uh, one, you and the yeah. family were working on some Hot Wheels. Mm-hmm. You know, you start you start marketing marketing that to the the Hot Wheels fanatics, and you've got, you know, who knows how far you'll go. I know. I mean, there there's a weird amount of possibilities in the space. Um, I it's yeah, it's hard to put into words. I guess um, most of the good Hot Wheels channels explicitly say like we are not made. This is not for children. But it like absolutely is. It's just mm-hmm. grown grown adult children playing with toy cars. And it is fascinating on a lot of different levels. Um and especially the seriousness of the downhill racing. Like there are specific types of tracks. You got uh you know, controlled starts with ramps that, that fold down for all the cars to start. Um I've got I actually bought a, a finish line uh timer. So the first one through gets a time that'll be a lap time, you know, fastest lap, whatever. So it's it's a whole thing. Like it goes deep, I, a lot deeper than I thought it did. Well, we'll we'll be able to sit back from afar and watch you and mm. uh, see see how deep mm. you guys get into it. <laughs> it should be it should be pretty fun. I'm excited. And, uh, yeah, worst case when you uh, give up on it and throw it all in the corner, you'll still have those Hot Wheels cars that you can use for Gaslands. That's the important thing. That is Mm -hmm. is the idea, yes. (laughs) It's all just a secret ploy to uh, amass a a large Gaslands collection. (laughs) I'm on to you. We're on to you. I mean, I haven't played Gaslands still. I have the book. I have the dice. Uh, I still don't have like the the movement tracker thingies, but... uh, I think those you can just print those out somewhere. But uh yeah, I got all the stuff. We built cars. They're sweet. Some played. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Maybe maybe someday. Someday. Yeah. Just another tabletop game that I own everything for that I haven't done anything with. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Chuck it in the pile. Don't yeah. let them uh, kind of roll out of the pile. Those ones, you need to immobilize somehow. You need to put tiny little boots <laughs> on your tiny little cars so they don't go rolling out of your pile. But Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. You, you've, you, uh, you've got a new side project coming up. That's awesome. I've got uh, a little side project myself. I've mm-hmm. decided that I'm going to learn how to uh, self-promote 
and advertise and network. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to use this podcast that I'm on to actually advertise for one of the podcasts I'm on. <laughs> the 20-Sided Realms, the uh, Waterdeep season, it's out. It's, it's out, out by the time yeah. this episode's out. There, there's going to be two episodes of that out. So you can mm -hmm. uh, go and catch up with the gang at the, the Loaf and Kettle Tavern and see what they're all up to. That's the 20-Sided Realms podcast. So available far. wherever you're listening to this, unless you're listening to <laughs> this on YouTube, it's in which case, uh, give it some time. <laughs> yeah, that's soon though, right? It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Okay, good. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, we generally direct traffic, you know, from this podcast to go to youtube.com slash paint bravely the podcast to leave a comment about the episode so we can have a good discussion about it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't have that yet, but soon that's good. Um, I'm looking forward to that. The first episode was pretty funny. I liked it. It was, it was. So, uh, I got to call out in particular, Travis and Blake in particular mm -hmm. are very good storytellers and, and funny and natural. And yeah. the, you know, the, the other three of us we're we're decent. We're good. We're solid. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> most of the time. You're not but, carrying but it though, a couple like they of, are. There's a couple of real stars on that show. And, Definitely. And luckily one of them is the DM. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty important. I it, think. it is pretty entertaining <laughs> yeah. to, it, it's fun to play and it's fun to listen to too. So, mm -hmm. and yeah, so um, I'm definitely looking forward to more of that. Nice. So, hey, um, uh, oh, I guess it'll be out by the time this is out, huh? The second episode. Brent's snapping at his cats to shut it. Don't worry about the cats, Brent. Well, one of them was, <laughs> was scratching, you know. Oh, yeah. Had, oh, I, I was about to talk, and so that was going to pick up on the audio, and uh, we're, we're good now. I'm going to stop snapping. going to stop. Yep. It's all right. Moving right See along you. here. Yeah. What I was saying is is to make that uh, that YouTube version of the Twenty Sided Realms podcast. I am painting up some Hero Forge figures, and I've gotten to the point where I think they do actually have souls. So kind of <laughs> it's four episodes you know, later. <laughs> it's the end of a, an era. The answer the, is they yeah, have souls. The the answer is yes. The answer is yes. But the the individual components that you put into the the Hero Forge minis. There's there's some character in there. And then if you pose them in a way that's kind of funny or to your liking, um, yeah, yeah, it all works out. And in addition, I, I think the the bigger takeaway here is that the act of painting something for yourself, it makes it yours, it adds some meaning to it. And uh, the, you know, the physical mini is less important than the time you put in painting. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that goes for most models. Like, you know, you can have a really cool looking sculpt and everything, but it is the time that you put in. Because even if you do like a kind of bad job painting, like you still feel something for that model. You know, even mm -hmm. the first models I ever painted, like they're pretty derpy, but I'm not going to strip them and repaint them. Like I, right. I spend time on those models. They mean something yeah. to me, even though they look like they do. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. Like you're putting the soul into that model. That's good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so far I've made the four player characters in a couple of different poses each. And I mean, they're all pretty derpy and silly, but a couple of them I actually really like. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of uh, 
Ed's character, especially Kavan, the big barbarian, is just a just super muscular, <laughs> stupid looking guy, receding hairline, so giant sword, stupid mm-hmm. look on his face. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> that that little fella has soul and, and I love it. So Yeah. Yeah, that's that's moving along nicely. We'll we'll check it in in a couple more episodes here. I'll I'll let you know how that's mm-hmm. going. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there, there are going to be some things that I'll probably want to mention from time to time. Of course, I'll be keeping up on that show, so you know, I, I think I think it'll be appropriate to to bring things up and make fun of you. So, yeah, I wonderful. Like that. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Um, I actually, I'm, I'm two games in on my D and D group right now, uh, which is that's a good now, start. Uh, yeah, we've 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 matched the record for all time D and D games that I've played in a in a row. So I'm feeling pretty good about uh-huh. that. <laughs> like, has it's anyone doing dropped good. the group yet or anything? No, no. The only thing, um, because it is a group of like, uh, dads essentially, just everybody that has worked you know to do um like it's been a little bit difficult like timing wise to when we start um so it's been like oh man like uh this thing happened i got i gotta take another 45 minutes i'll be there eventually so like uh last time we were playing uh one of the guys was out and he was he was on his way it's like driving to his house you know um but uh, in the in the game, we were climbing up this this staircase near the ocean, looking for this lighthouse, and these harpies came along and and threw him off the side of the 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 cliff, basically, and he was just bleeding out. And he ended up dying, and so he showed up, and he was just dead. <laughs> so we lost a character. Already? Like this, I know. Yeah, it wasn't good. It was it was a bad yeah. time. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, level one characters are very squishy, so oh yeah, that's the time most yeah. deaths happen. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and he already had pre like rolled another character and 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 role played it excellently into the story, and it worked out great. But it was pretty funny. So we're kind of that's where we're at, though. It's like we'll probably get together, but you know, it'll be in in kind of chunks, I guess. We'll see how it goes. I mean, if we make it to a third game, I've got pretty high hopes. So yeah, we'll that's see. a real, real good start. Yeah, man, I I haven't followed up on my quest to see all of the movies that are about D and D groups. Right. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while since we talked about that. I haven't even started. <laughs> oh, you haven't started. I I think <laughs> no, I actually I <laughs> made it pretty far through. Like what's actually available out there. I think I made a pretty good dent in in what's yeah. out there. Some really good independent films, anyway. But yeah, right. I do enjoy the the social dynamic of trying to make a group work, and uh, the the stupid mm-hmm. things that lead to it not working. And, right. and like you said, normally it's just like scheduling conflicts that kill a group. But oh yeah, I I do enjoy a good time. like breakup within the group, and then like one of the characters needs to leave, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Like, I still don't know everybody in the group, and I don't. I don't think everybody knows everybody. In fact, I think there's only a couple people that know each other, which is really strange. Um, like, I actually haven't met any of them, and not even not even like like in person, but like online. 
I've never actually talked to any of them about anything other than us playing D&D. So I don't even know who these people are outside of their role-playing, which is really strange. Are they in your area? Are they somewhere uh, local? Yeah, they or? are, actually. Okay. Most of them are. Like, within an hour, hour and a half. Uh, so I assume we'll probably eventually meet up, but it's it's strange to not have... like It's not like we've even told, oh, what do you do? What do you do for a living? Or, or there, None of that. There's been no small talk. It was like, I jumped in, and the game was already going, and that's how it's been every time. So oh. I literally do not know anybody other than who they are in this game. This is fun. I like this. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting so far because I'm like, Ooh. I don't particularly like this person, but then I don't know them. <laughs> like, I don't. So it's like they're, they're playing a character and they're playing it very specifically. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know about you. I don't know, but I, I can't imagine How did you find that, this group? Is this like on Craigslist or what? <laughs> no, I, it sounds like it, but no, it's a, um, a, a YouTube friend of mine asked me if I wanted to join, and there's another dude who's, who's like gaming YouTube, and then uh, his friend, who's the, the DM, um, and it, so it's just like a bunch of uh, YouTube guys that like know each other, or, you know, one person knows another person knows another person kind of thing. Close enough. Yeah, so it's very strange. Though. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, I guess we'll uh, try and keep up with... We both have D&D news. I like that. It's, that's nice. So I yeah. think we'll probably do a little updates here and there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm continuing to explore this ecosystem as it relates to minis. So right. I've, I've got a, like a stupid little quest going of trying to collect all the Drizda Erdens that have been made by different companies. Sure, sure. And I might be actually be pretty close to all of the unpainted licensed Drista Erdens, mm-hmm. at least to the ones that are currently in production. I've got I've got one from, you know, uh Nolzer's Marvelous Minis. I've got mm-hmm. one from Frameworks, which actually isn't even named Drist, but it is Drist. And right, I have yeah. one from <laughs> uh Gale Force 9. So okay. uh, in, in the last couple of weeks I ordered uh, a box set from Gale Force 9. And this is actually my first product that I've gotten from Gale Force 9. And I was surprised that it was actually polystyrene. It was oh okay. It was a hard plastic drizzed model. Hmm. And I mean, we've been decent. over this. Uh, you all know who Drista Erden is, um, but just so no one can can like claim ignorance, <laughs> this is a dark elf ranger who wields the twin scimitars. They're actually different. Of Who wields something. two scimitars, Twinkle and Icing Death. Yeah, That's right. Tw- which is the... D- okay. It is <sighs> It is dumb just all the way down. The it, entire no, backstory, adventures, armaments, magic items. He has an astral plane panther, Guinevere, that helps him out. No, I can't be right. You know, I know I, I'm the pronouncing more I Drist learned, better than I'm pronouncing Guinevere, but yeah. I mean, that sounds fine. It sounds like a name. The more I learn about D&D, like, the more I absolutely hate it. Like, for real. The, I don't know what it is. Forgotten Realms, you mean? Or? They were meant to be forgotten. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, like I, I've always enjoyed myself um, doing D&D adjacent things and, you know, kind of, I guess, skirting the edge of that whole universe, but... The more that I, I jump in, like, I, it pisses me off. 
like because of things like that, I guess. I don't like what are the name of his swords? Twinkle and Twinkle Icing. Twinkle and Icing Death. What is that? Um, I actually don't know the history of <laughs> those two swords. Okay. Also, most people. Okay, maybe not most people, but I know there's a good percentage of people who don't even know who Drist is. Uh, once again, I will uh, happily point you to the comment section to ask Brent what the hell he's talking about if you don't know who that is, because he did this last time, and uh, a lot of people, Brent, like I, again, a, a good chunk uh, of, there's, of comments. There's a lot of liars out there in that <laughs> comment section. You all uh, know who Drizzt Erden is. I'm he giving is them the, the benefit of the doubt. famous dark elf ranger who came to mm-hmm. the surface after escaping the... The Dark Elf City yep. in the uh, under, underdark of Menzo Barazan. And, Panther uh, he, from he the got sky. out of there. Yeah, he, he was a high-ranking the... drow in one of the, the Dark Elf families, but he got out, and they made Cake a bunch of friends icing. on the surface, mm-hmm, and now mm-hmm. he's very honorable, and um, mm-hmm. R.A. Salvatore writes books about him just killing just thousands of orcs. That's and, true, he's um, killed a lot of people, yeah. With that... Oh, that yeah. uh, what but the, it's uh, mostly to help out his friends that he met in Icewind Dale. Okay, this I isn't important. No, this is none, none of it is. Like, That's my point. It's not important. All of you at know all. everything that I'm saying right now, but it's not important. Like, <laughs> the not fact important. is that uh, Gale Force whatever nine made a polystyrene mini of this said Twinkle Star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. Uh, yeah, getting getting back to the important thing here. This is probably the best known character from the D&D universes. I actually was flipping through the 5th edition player's handbook and for Elf, the first picture is Drizzt Erden. <laughs> so, uh, actually earlier today I was getting some pic- like nice pictures with my nice camera of that for use in a video one of these days. Like, there you go. See, you, you all know who this is. You all know who this is. I'd love for you to make a video. It's just not explaining it whatsoever and just saying, you know who this is. I don't have to say a thing. And just, just see what happens. <laughs> like, that's the title of your video. It's all Drist models lined up. And you're like, y- you know who this is. And it's just a, a picture of him in your thumbnail. The silent majority absolutely knows who Drizzt Erden is. <laughs> the and silent, the, that's the true. The extremely loud minority of liars is going to say that they don't know. <laughs> is yeah. that how that works? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, just but, but, straight but up anyway, liars. This is, this is a, a well-known character in the D&D worlds, and so I was kind of going on a little mission to see how many figurines I can get of this character. Yes. And I'm up to three so far. And that two in polystyrene. So yeah. Yeah, two in two in hard plastic, one in bendy plastic. Mm. Um I think if I'm willing to kind of go outside the officially licensed drizzts and just go for dark elf warrior, dark elf whatever, <laughs> dual swordsman. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you'll find get a some, lot more. Something yeah. like it, yeah. Uh, I'm sure Thingiverse is just full. Yeah. But I but I actually was surprised to see uh Gale Force Nine was in plastic. So it's a it's a company that's kind of been on like the periphery of me having heard of before. Mm-hmm. And I thought that most of their, you know, D and D minis were in resin. I think a lot of them are, but apparently they have hard plastic kits too. <laughs> and there was no customization or anything in there, but it was kinda of cool to see a plastic set. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's nice, especially when it's, like, a decent set, right? Like, we just don't seem to get those. It's either bendy plastic or, you know, yeah, resin. I right. Guess. Yeah, so, you know, hard plastic to me is the the pinnacle material that we can work with. And, you know, printer res- resin's not bad. Casting resin's not bad. Metal is, is okay, depending. Bendy plastic. I mean, uh, <laughs> Bendy plastic. Not, not, I, uh, I actually haven't spent uh, enough time with it, but I, I think oh, I fine. don't really like no, it. No, you don't need yeah. to. It's yeah. exactly what you think it is. <laughs> okay. okay. Like, as soon as you paint that bendy sword and you accidentally bendy it, there goes your paint. It doesn't That's kind of what I thought. It's, yeah, it's that's kind of what I thought. Yeah, yeah. You know, which it bothers me that, that there are some games out there that, that use that stuff, like, exclusively. And uh, the models are still super expensive. I mean, and then nobody's mm-hmm. asking you to, like to paint them or anything, but they don't look very good, and they're all bendy and dumb. So yeah. 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 So as uh, as part of my little little quest here, I do want to try painting Drist in a variety of different plastics to 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 actually form some real opinions about trying to paint. You know, Nolzers, and maybe I'll get around to Bones. We'll see. I don't think Bones has that official Drist, but well, I'm sure they have dark elf sure rangers some somewhere close, yeah. in there. <laughs> <laughs> and you know why they have a a uh, nameless dark elf ranger? Because Drist is an important character that everybody knows. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody knows. Mm-hmm. So, so of course they're gonna have that. I mean, other than being like, I guess an appealing D and D character to be, and and indeed, uh, the the archetypical. D and D character, the D and D character that most people have played, human. If you were to if you were to do the stats and, and total it all up, would be a totally not drist dark elf. I, okay, I, I mean, it's it's in the top five. It's in the you top think five. so? I really want to look this up now. <laughs> like I really well, I do. Don't, I, I don't know how this. You could possibly aggregate this information. I uh no. I mean, you could because um. Uh, D and D Beyond is is used okay, for okay. a lot of character creation now. So even if even if say the last two or three years of D and D Beyond was all you had, that's that's probably a, a fair amount of character creation. I know I just created a character through there. Um, yeah. Well, well, I mean, for the past twenty years, it's been a cliche that people have occasionally tried to avoid. You know. Anyway, anyway, yeah. moving moving on here. Uh, I just mostly I just wanted to say I was impressed that Gale Force Nine had a plastic kit in there, a hard plastic kit, and um, just for fun I tried to make a list of the companies I know that actually do make hard plastic. I came up with you know Games Workshop and Warhammer, uh, Weird and Malifaux, Warlord, Mantic, Whiz Kids with Frameworks, uh, mm-hmm. Kingdom Death has some, Gale Force Nine apparently. Um, yeah, Archon Studios with the, like, Dungeons and Lasers and and the Ramparts terrain, and they have a few models as well, like minis. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the list I came up with. I'm curious if, if anyone has some more that are, you know, hard plastic polystyrene, because uh, right, that infinity. does take a little more, a little more startup cost. You need, like, a higher print run for that to be worthwhile, apparently. Yeah. Uh, the newer Infinity models are multi-part plastic kits. 
Are they? Okay. Yeah, they look great too. I mean, even their pewter wasn't terrible, but uh, they're they're doing the the polystyrene. Hmm. That is good to know. Very good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's so, a, that's one of those games I'd like to play at some point. I heard it was pretty fun. Yeah. And of course, on top of all of this, like Revel and Tamiya and and those like <laughs> those actual model car and model battleship companies have been just making polystyrene models for. I don't know, 50 years, years for, <laughs> yeah, for a right. long time. You gotta wonder, and, though, if they can do it and sell those kits for, like, I mean, I've seen them go for pretty cheap. Like, wh- why mm-hmm. can't these other companies? Is it maybe these other ones have just been around so long? Because, I don't know, I just never see people buying these kits. So, I think they do have a a more general audience, and that is, you know, Every ten year old, essentially, sure, eight year old. I don't know, um, whichever. But also, like I've been to the the you know hobby store and looked at the models that they have, and I'm pretty sure that the model they have for an Apache attack helicopter is the same one that I had 25 years ago. <laughs> so I think they get a lot of use out of those molds. So like, <laughs> it's a good point, actually. <laughs> They've just been reusing the molds. They're getting a little soft these days. The corners are kind of yeah. sanded down <laughs> like i think they've changed the box design a few times where i'm looking at it like, oh, i'm so. pretty sure that's the same apache helicopter i had yeah right yeah <laughs> i think i had a couple like sure, a couple sure. kits but yeah that, that's one of those things where we're in the hobby we think of polystyrene models as being like the pinnacle and you need to have you know a lot of people really interested in that model line to be able to pull that off um and you know there's just a few companies within our hobby that are doing stuff in, in hard plastic luckily that is expanding and i'm excited about that but mm-hmm. yeah then then you remember that over to the michaels you go down the the line and it's just <laughs> plenty of of nasty old model car kits i mean they are super thin though they're flimsy mm. uh like about that tiny tunes no was it whatever tune some kind of tank um yeah i, I built that thing pretty quick and it, it was it was super flimsy just like all the pieces seem very small and like you are gonna break something while you're putting it together so yeah, there's a, there's definitely a difference. That's right. Yeah, that's what it is. World War Tunes. Yeah, but there, there's oh, yeah. a difference between the like the hard plastic, thick, you know, bulky pieces and like this very thin material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're probably cutting costs. Is my point. Oh yeah. So uh, what what else is new with you? Uh, space lizards. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Tell, tell uh, us about your space lizards. So I I picked up uh, Games Workshop Seraphon Carnosaur, which is one of the bigger dinosaurs, um, and I painted it up, and I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about my dinosaur. Was that an eBay snag? Pretty nice. Yeah. So I actually I uh, the box for one of these goes for like one fifteen. Uh, that's just by itself. I know, which is incredible. 
Well, it's also it's part of like an old uh, start collecting box that was selling for you know eighty or whatever seventy five yeah. eighty yeah. And uh, that's the thing. I don't even think they make that specific box anymore. I haven't checked, but obviously this that's how you would want to buy it. Yeah, if if you were gonna do it, you'd do it that way. Um, so I picked the model up for forty bucks, but I do know that the individual model is a hundred and fifteen on their website. So. Yeah, that, that is infuriating. That is absolutely infuriating. Yeah. I mean, especially because I I wouldn't consider this in that that realm. Um, there no, are it's plenty an, it's an of models. Kit. Uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like it, but it's it is. It's yeah. a decent kit, but it's it's you know. It was in the old world. Seven or eight. Uh, two, sorry, two thousand seven. I want to say two thousand seven. I could be wrong. That's just coming to my mind, though. 2000, 2009? It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a little bit of an older kit. Yeah, yeah it's pre-2015. I know that. Oh, for uh, sure. Because, for sure. because it, it comes, or it used to come with a square base. So, yeah, Did it's, your it's eBay older. Purchase? Did your eBay purchase come with a square base? No, actually, it came with a Noble. So, it's, it's newer. Okay. Um, and how much did you get it for on eBay? How, how'd that, 40 uh, bucks. 40 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, in comparison, it's like that's fine. Um, surprisingly, it was put together well. Uh, but I I've only ever painted one other lizard man. Uh, that uh, was a star priest or something, and that oh, was pretty yeah, fun with the feathers. Yeah. yeah, lots of feathers, and I used the like the little plant matter, the like lichen that you get from you know Michaels and wherever. Like shoot paint through that to get kind of animal effects, and then I filled that oh, in with yeah. color. And that's how I got that cool, like, pattern all over him. I didn't do that this time. I went a little more simple. Um, but it's a, it's a much bigger model this time around. Um, but I, don't, I, I like painting dinosaurs. It, it's kind of nice. Dinosaurs are awesome. I know. Yeah. Yeah. They really are. But, it, like, I don't know. This last week I, I did a whole video about painting Stormcast. Um, talking about, like, how the old models are kind of difficult to paint. And it's not that they're really that difficult, but they kind of look like crap. Like, even if you're just okay, you just try a little bit, they still don't look very good. And Brent playing with dinosaurs. Um, but the newer ones do. And and there were various reasons for that. But, but, you know, I'm looking at these dinosaurs, and they just paint up really nicely and easily and have a lot of good detail. And I think that's, that's really what it is. It's the sculpt, even though it's old, it's really distracting. Ah, uh, so distracting. <laughs> Brent playing with that dinosaur in my face, I can't even think. Um, the the actual details on these models, because they're deep cut, like, scales, makes it really easy to paint. Just throw a bunch of color and you put a wash on it and it, it looks great. And, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm just excited about painting a dinosaur and I kind of want to paint more dinosaurs. But then oh, I'm I thinking, like... Do I do I want to start another new army? I don't know. So I'm probably going to sell this one on eBay. Conquest? Because Conquest Con has a line of orcs that apparently ride dinosaurs. I think I've seen this, yes. I've yeah. seen... And that's supposed to be a fun game, too. That's another, like, on-the-list game to try and play. 
Oh, because they have on. some sweet plastic models, by the way. Those are also I plastic have this kits. On my list. You did on, not I, have I, it on your I, list, yeah. I did not have this on my list. I literally had mm. a, a plastic conquest dinosaur like next to my leg. And hold on, we'll put conquest <laughs> on the list of, of yeah, hard the plastic list that dinosaurs. No one will see ever again. Like we write these lists and and make these outlines for this podcast, and then we literally never look at them again. So him writing it down is is very funny. I find very funny. Um. Never forget. Never forget. <laughs> like somebody, I think I told you this a while back. Um, somebody had sent in some dinosaurs, toy dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and did green stuff and used a bunch of uh, lizard man parts on them to like make a thing. And I still have all these models, and I haven't really known what to do with them. And this is one of those weirdo kind of things that. It would make for a fun video, but I don't know how I feel about painting up toys and trying to go, yes, these are, you know, lizard men models, right? Like, I don't know. I have an issue with that, I guess. Hey, like, 12-year-old me probably That, that would be a fun try-hard video, yeah. Yeah. You know, go, go full try-hard on some toy dinosaurs, and I, I bet you can make it look pretty sweet. I mean the detail's Pretty not bad on the, on these toys that I have. Yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know. I'll I'll probably try and get some better pictures for the the YouTube cuz I know Brent can't see this and I'm trying to show the No, I, I I've seen them before, but I I know you have toys that are actually reasonably well converted with some extra bits and stuff and mm-hmm. uh lots of green stuff, lots of bits, just pieces in yeah. general all over the place. Um, and then there's there's like an entire uh, line of um, like infantry kind of done in the same way. So I don't know. It's it's interesting what you can do. But dinosaurs are fun to paint. So it's just been kind of on my mind, you know, this whole week. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But conquest dinosaurs. I'll have to I'll have to check. I mean, orcs already. You got me there. But then orcs riding dinosaurs. I, I, okay. Yeah. I I uh yeah. I don't have my orc attached, but there's a there's like a little little mini howda on this this T Rex this feathered T Rex from you know Conquest from Parabellum Games, <laughs> and there's an orc that's kind of standing on a howda, and he has a spear that is long enough to work while riding a T Rex, so it is the okay. longest spear that I've seen for any game. It's like That's three times the height of the actual orc, which which makes sense. That's it's how it just, would have uh, to be, right? It's you, not you a just two have foot. The sweet overhead, overhand grip on this giant spear. Uh, that sounds and the spear amazing. Is, it's pretty good. So I think I might actually put this on uh, on a future Goobertown roulette, or actually all future Goobertown roulettes until it gets drawn. I think that might have to be the case. You know, thinking about the the Goobertown roulette for a minute, you should probably have something like that. Like, most ridiculous models that you've seen, right? And you just have them. Like, uh, the Mooma Kill for uh, Lord of the Rings. Mm. That's what it's called. The Big Elephant, right? Like, that's an insane model. And there's like 16 models in that box. But this this orc riding a T-Rex sounds like right there with that kind of like hugest biggest spear in the game, you know. Yeah. Um but you should definitely have a a, a standalone roulette of just stupid models. 
was the dumbest crap yeah, that, that you'll probably never paint other than this this way right right or it's or it's a really good excuse to be like well i guess i gotta paint it now yeah. exactly because otherwise yeah. it just sits in a box and you're like i don't know where to start or what to do it's huge and uh, that's usually because that stops a lot of people right from painting is just seeing the, the vast amount of work that you're gonna have to do it's like i don't want to i don't want to do that hmm. but if you make yourself that's right yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, maybe someday. Um, <laughs> all right, we're we're gonna keep moving along here. What else? What else has been a new? Uh, uh, the Expanse Book Nine came out. Mm-hmm. I cranked through that. Um, you know, I I am aware that the the both of the authors of the Expanse books are active on Twitter, mm-hmm. and so you know what I did. I was like, okay. Yeah, you tweeted him. Yeah. Now, now is my <laughs> chance to one express my my love of this series, and and it's book nine of nine. So the expanse book series is now done. It it wrapped up very nicely. I'm like, okay, now's my time to uh, get get a tiny hint of online acknowledgement from <laughs> the writers of of this excellent book series. Sure. So I just do a tweet like, hey, uh, you know, I'm reading this. Congratulations to the authors! Wonderful series, highly recommended. And uh, you know, no, you know, not not getting much interaction. Like, okay, you know, I I shot my shot. I took the chance. I, I tried to tried to reach out with a little bit of bait and get that tiny little bit of uh, acknowledgement and uh, right. You got nothing. Validation and and then and then what happens is. Uh, I'm going to call him a rando. Is just a person who's not directly uh, connected to to this situation, but uh, somebody on the a, internet, a, a and, Driss Stewarton, if you will. Yeah, yeah. We we got this. This Drist comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and just says like, "Hey, I'm I'm listening to this on audiobook too." And um, hey, I don't know. Can you can you tell me is this character from book nine the same person as as this character from book seven? And and that comment gets uh, Daniel Abraham to respond to my <laughs> my tweet, not not to my tweet, but no, to, not to, to this question. Like, hey, is this character with the same name in book seven the same character with that name in book nine? And Daniel Abraham replies, "Yup." Well, that. <laughs> No acknowledgement of my tweet, but zero to a yeah. sub to to a sub question. Um, that's insane. That, that's like a deep. Like, I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> right? You had to uh, like go. Okay, okay. Uh, oh, there, I like, can answer this. <laughs> uh, so close. Like, <laughs> so he read yours and then ignored it completely. That's fine. I see how it is. I mean, to be fair, I actually didn't make that connection that the side character from book seven was a relatively important character in book nine, but that's, that's okay. That's okay. Anyway, in, in other news. So, so I I like to bring up these, uh, these nerd series because there will be minis of the expanse someday. I I don't think there's any, there's there's definitely some on like like, ships, the spaceships, there's Uh definitely fan made spaceships on thingiverse. Yes, um, but I, I there there will be more games and stuff coming along. I bet I wouldn't be surprised, like a, like a board game with models or something. Yeah, yeah, that'd be all right. Um, 
And then also the uh, Wheel of Time series dropped, or the first few episodes dropped. It yep. did. Haven't watched. You watched that yet? No, not no. yet. I've heard it's uh, really good, but I, I have no idea. It, it's decent. It's decent. Okay. Uh, but in terms of minis, I think there's going to be the 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 colored ajas for the what are they called the the witches the magic users the Aes Sedai yeah okay you, you haven't read it either yeah okay no I I so read the, the I read the first one when I was I don't know in sixth grade while. or something it's been a long time yeah and I can't even remember I, th- I literally can't remember anything but I remember the cover like that's about it yeah. Okay. Well, well, in that world, the magic users are like color coded. Sure. There's schools of magic, and they're they're color coded. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's just going to be like uh, lady wizards, the the Aes Sedai in uh, blue and green and red, and are like mm-hmm. color coded things. So, mm-hmm. so that's going to be good. Yeah. I mean, any any kind of like anything like that that they're turning into a, a show like i'm all for because we mm-hmm. need we need more of that okay. yeah we just i don't anyway, know i'm just yeah there we were there were definitely yeah of course there were uh, what am i trying to say uh george r, r. martin uh song of ice and fire game of thrones there were definitely mm-hmm. game of thrones minis from a couple of different places i think oh they're they're all over the i mean place, there's a big yeah. game about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's an entire game yes a very oh, large that, tabletop game no, I am aware of that. Hey, come on, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was trying to think. I think there's actually a couple of sources of minis for that. Uh, Dark Sword Miniatures holds the, the license from the books to make pewter minis that are actually pretty uh, cool. Okay. Yeah. They're not bad. But anyway, and anytime there's a big property like this, I, I like to start thinking about whether there's going to be minis and whether they'll be fun. And... Yeah. yeah, the the or whether it'll get wheel of time is going to have color coded wizards, so that's going to be good. Uh, color coded sorcerers, that that, mm-hmm. that sounds mm-hmm. amazing to me. It sounds like and a good skirmish game. It could be, be pretty easy be. enough. Yeah, actually, that yeah, it'd be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, also the <laughs> that world doesn't have orcs. That world has trollocs. So it, right. in some ways. Like book one starts out with totally not just the human version of the Shire gets invaded by totally <laughs> not just a Wraith Knight and totally not just orcs. Uh, right. So, <laughs> that seems fine. Yeah. Or Ring Wraith. Um, well, I mean, when, when was that book written, though? Like not that long after, right? I, I want to say like late 80s. I, oh, I really? It, that late? Okay. I, I want to put it at like... 89 or something like that. I could be wrong, but that's relatively new. I don't know. Newer yeah, than it was, it, I mean, there were just decades of books after Lord of the Rings where all fantasy was shockingly <laughs> yeah. close to, to, uh-huh. to just, yeah. <laughs> Including Games Workshop. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, I remember when I was in. I think I might actually been in college when I first picked up Wheel of Time, but I remember getting to the like 
Ah, uh, and then Trollocs burst into the village. Like, what's a Trolloc? <laughs> what the hell's Sounds a like an orc. And, and he's <laughs> like, ah, oh, these these totally not orcs. And so the, he actually goes to a little bit of effort to be like, they're, okay. they're furry and have the face of, you know, animals like boars or goats or something. And like, All okay, right. I guess it's not just one-to-one orcs. So that's, so that's good. Boar people. But, but where I'm going with this is that in the in the new show they were actually pretty cool, so I might I might be interested nice. in painting some of those. Yeah. So so the the costume design or CGI design or whatever it was for the Trollocs was actually mm-hmm. pretty sweet in the show. So I'm curious to see if those get adapted to minis one of these days. I mean, if they're cool enough and if the show sticks around, then I mean, sure. That, I mean, it's that's the thing, right? It's just the longevity of all these things because there's too many shows especially now that are like i mean even including things like the expanse right the expanse was on for like three four seasons and it was getting better every single episode and then there's like you know it's canceled just canceling it What's, you know it, only uh, get nine million people concurrently watching instead of 12 we needed 12 it's fine it's it's getting its full season six which oh read, i know read the books it it actually makes sense like uh, stopping after six seasons actually makes a fair bit of sense based on oh that's real not life even the problem that's not even the problem I'm talking about no it yeah. was canceled after like season two from sci-fi oh, and then oh, picked yeah. up on Amazon right, Prime right, right. okay so yeah it's like what was a relatively successful show right and so it's like the net, the Netflix problem it's like well this show wasn't a huge banger hit for us it's not getting twenty million concurrent viewers on or or like I forget what their number was. Some stupid thing like that. It was like 20 million in the first week or something like okay. that. And if it doesn't hit that, it's just straight up canceled. That's like, okay, but 19 yeah, million Netflix people really like that. definitely that problem of like, you know, getting two seasons of something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, Ultra well, yeah. Carbon canceled after oh two God. seasons. And, yeah. That bothers me so much. That's a whole other topic. But. <laughs> there are three books, you dicks. Come on. <laughs> That there's there's off. an excuse right, was... to totally recast it with cheaper actors every season. Well, like, what's the problem? Yeah. I know, right? They they could have, and I mean, they started off kind of like middle of the road. Like I like I like uh, the the guy they got the first one. Uh, yeah, Joel Joel Kinnaman. Kinnaman. Yeah. yeah, like I like that guy. Oh, but yeah. like, I don't know that he's not like an A list guy all the time. I felt yeah. like they had it. They had it right in where it needed to be. Mm-hmm, but whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, fine. You want to cancel it, and it was because it was like, oh well, we 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 got ten million, you know, the first whatever season, and, and the second season, sorry guys, like got nine and a half, so you just didn't cut it, and they just, anyways, I don't mean to bring that up. I know, I know. I think I think the wheel of time because it was so popular for however many books came out. Uh, yeah. I think it. I think it would be deserving of miniatures game. Maybe, maybe there, there probably are pewter wheel of time minis out there somewhere. I don't know. I mean, I like Willow and that wasn't very popular, but that's getting a reboot on Disney plus and it has, uh, two, uh, board game. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> They're Sorry, paper cards. Paper so. Someone shared in, in the discord server, uh, the Queen's Gambit board board game board game for the Queen's Gambit. 
which is that not chess. chess show on Netflix. Yeah. Is it's it not, not just it's chess? Not chess? It's like a four-player no, game on. with cards. No! <laughs> it's oh, like that's... a chessboard with, with tokens and no. four players and there's cards. <laughs> and... It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Are you serious? That's, that's, somebody is trolling you. There's no way that's real. <laughs> There's no way that that's real. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard of. I'm happy with my understanding of it in my brain. I don't want to look further into <laughs> this situation. That's the truth, and I, I just don't want to live in this anymore. <laughs> the, 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 okay. Oh, man. That's not okay. That's not okay. That's, that's, that's got to be on a list okay. somewhere. <laughs> Things that just aren't, shouldn't exist. Well, you know, in that game design studio, just every person who was learning that uh-huh. they were making this game just looked at each other and said, seriously, what? seriously, what? seriously. And then somebody started laughing and said, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just, I mean, because I think you're missing something when you don't just package it as the Queen's Gambit and it is She's literally ready. just chess. That would be that's how you I don't do think it. anyone owns the right to chess, do they? It's just whoever can come up with the best box for a chess set, right? Like I suppose so, because I mean, chess in itself is yeah, just nobody, a super old game, right? So um, been around for hundreds or thousands of whatever, like it's been around yeah. forever. I mean, some of the some of the first like it's, Marvel it's just who models that came out were box. for chess, yeah, if, chess games. If they pay Netflix a few bucks to to just get a picture of that actress and call it the Queen's Gambit, uh huh, that's what I'm saying. Like just to, to troll the entire world of like, just yeah, chess, crappy yeah. plastic chess pieces, <laughs> not even good. They're <laughs> <laughs> just the garbage ones like that everybody's had. <laughs> the ones you yeah. had in elementary school, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's that's. Right. Uh, I'd hate to be that studio. That's for sure. Because right. so, that would have been my first so do, response. To wrap up this little, to wrap up yeah, this little segment, if, if anyone sees some really good minis for the Expanse or for uh, Wheel of Time, let or us Wheel know. Because this is this is on our hobby radar, and we're not sure if it exists yet, but it's on our hobby radar. That's uh-huh. that's what uh-huh. I'm saying. Yes, that brings us to our main topic. I suppose really don't have anything else to say. So why don't we get into it? Um, other things you can do with your hobby skills, Brent. Okay. I know you so got some. We've talked, we've talked a little bit before about how all of us as unique individuals with our own backstories and origin stories, we all bring unique skill sets to this hobby. But once we were in this hobby and we're sitting down and we're painting minis, uh, even though we're all, you know, separate and apart, we're doing a lot of the same things. And we're building a lot of the same skills together. And then when we go back out into the world, we take those skills with us. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is you're building some skills there at your hobby desk that are actually useful in other aspects of life. Sometimes, maybe. So we want to talk about those a little bit. You know, yeah, little, I like that. Little extra excuses for, for why that time spent at your hobby desk is, is so worthwhile. Yeah. Um I suppose well, easy. Well, I'm trying I'm trying to think. Like um uh, like an easy one. Like an e- a good easy one is uh colors. Like just having a general knowledge of of color 
and what mixes with what and how things are made can give you a little bit of a boost in life. Like say you're say you're at an art gallery, for example. Like uh my my city has a an art museum. It's pretty nice, pretty big. I go there from time to time. But I feel like knowing a little bit about color and painting does help me appreciate art a little bit better. Yeah. I know I know how to express things or or see an artist's choice in a painting where I I didn't necessarily before. So I think that's pretty back door into into art appreciation. Yeah. I think that's true. I think that's true. Yeah. Terrible college Um, course, by the way, if you ever have to take that, it's not fun. I I missed out (laughs) on that one. Did you? But you know, on on the topic of, of mixing colors, I mean there are times when you're gonna chip your car, you're gonna chip your van. That's very you're gonna, true. You're gonna chip uh, your, your your nice painted dresser or table or something. Yeah. And uh, you're like, hey, there's you know this used to look sweet, but now there's a big chip in it, and the party van just isn't as sweet as it was yesterday <laughs> before I dropped this you know thing on it. And yeah. um But you know what you can do if you if you have a bunch of paints around and you know how to mix. You know that, you know, Incubi Darkness is just teal plus a little bit of black. Mm, so good. You can make a, a, a good enough little patch. So this is this is kind of like the basic level of what you can do with your hobby skills. But if you just do little, little touch-ups around the house, you can you can mix up a color that's close enough to just dab that on and call it good. Now, I don't know if... The podcast camera on my end can see this. There is a spot right behind my head on my wall where I did try and color match this dark gray. It didn't quite work out. <laughs> so I'm just throwing that out there. Um, you know, a little trial and error sometimes, but, but you know, I got pretty close on the first try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On a car, I think it'd be less noticeable. You know, I, I have a memory from from back in middle school where my, my parents were like hanging some new drapes or something, and mm-hmm. uh, they they lost the big decorative screw from the curtain rod. And oh, okay. Yeah, it, it was like this weird off bronze color, and they lost that screw, and then they're just like, I, I don't know, we got this, got like this steel thing that we can put in there instead. But it looks completely wrong. Like Brent, you do it. Do something with this. Like, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> come over here. I'm gonna mix these testers' paints together, and we're gonna get this squared away. We're gonna slap that on there. Right. Nobody's gonna look too close. It'll get the idea across. <laughs> we'll make this work. And uh, yeah, no, there's there's times when it comes in handy. Yeah, no, that's that's for sure. Um, I know having access to like small hand drills or a dremel just because i have them for for mini stuff um that's come up a few times like uh my wife wanted to make these little penny pendants um for, actually for for yeah I, I won't say but um for a thing that we were doing um and ended up like i i used the the dremel to to drill holes for the pennies and make these like kind of bracelety things and then i used nylic oxide 
GW paint to, you know, get that nice look in there. And we, we stamped a name in the, in the pennies. So that kind of filled it in. It was, it was definitely like, you know, the project came across. She's like, oh, my God, I want to do all this stuff. I'm like, oh, I know how to do all that stuff. So, yeah, art projects in general, like, I, I got that. So, also, if you have children, that's going to come in handy. Because there is no shortage of dumb art projects that your child's school will give you. So, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> Normally, that's in the form of uh, homework that your children are supposed to do. Is that correct, Casey? I mean, look, okay. In, like, third grade, when your child comes home, not that I've had this experience, okay, but I've seen this. I've seen this. They're like, I need you to build a diorama in a shoebox. And it's like, are you going to let your kid seriously go to school and not be using, like, Geek Gaming Scenics in that diorama? No, you're not. As a responsible hobbying parent, it's going to look the best. That's true. Yeah. That's a really good point. <laughs> I can't wait for that day. I'm still you are waiting. gonna give your child Luke's phone number, and you're gonna uh-huh. call I'm, him actually. Up. I would too. Yeah, I'd make yeah. them talk to Luke and be like, "Um, Mr. Luke, can I have some blah blah blah?" Yeah, yeah that's right. You're gonna learn how to yeah. communicate. <laughs> like, how <laughs> uh, <I'll> do? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, what are you talking about, kid? <laughs> It's not a bad idea. I'm going to keep that in the back of my head, though. Like, that's, that's going to happen. I'm going to do that. I know. But those skills definitely transfer. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, now I'll tell you, I had a coworker once who, who went to the beach with his wife. He took his, his wife to the beach, and they had a lovely time. And, he, and while they were there, he, he picked up this awesome seashell. It was this this white clamshell, and he comes into me one day to, to my desk and says, I need a present for my wife's birthday. I have nothing. Uh, we went to the beach together and we got this. Do you know how to draw a sailboat? Can you draw a sailboat on this? I was like, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> so I, yeah, I got my tiny paintbrushes. I got a picture of a sailboat. I just did like a shoddy copy of that onto this white seashell. He epoxied some magnets onto the back of the seashell. Boom. Fridge mag- magnet. You know, Tree mm. had this this awesome, well, kind of shoddy, but his wife liked it anyway, uh, magnet. <laughs> right. As a gift handmade. for his wife. Come on. Yeah. yeah. So, wait. And, so uh, wait. This guy, this guy that you know, was like, mm-hmm. um, Brent, I'm not mm-hmm. capable of doing any of these things for myself because I do not Warhammer or hobby. Right. Right, yeah. and I'm like, man, I bought a lot of magnets that are actually way too big for magnetizing my bases. Right, right. You end up with those random for the seashell. Mm-hmm. And I've got some some milliput here. We're gonna mix up this milliput. We're gonna get a nice flush surface to attach these magnets to. Oh, We're gonna go on the other side Jeez. of the seashell. We're gonna paint on this little little sailboat, and uh, boom, there you go. <laughs> uh that does remind me of a, a project that I did not too long ago. Um, I installed these uh, oil pan trays on my fence. They're large metal trays, right? And uh, magnets stick to them, so you do them outside. Found a bunch of like river rocks. We painted all the river rocks 
uh, put letters on, you know, the whole alphabet, that kind of thing. Then a bunch of ones with pictures and, you know, eyeballs and all sorts of fun things. We painted on these rocks. Uh, and then, you know, glued magnets on and then clear coated everything so they'd stay in the weather and they're still going strong. Ooh. Yeah. That was a good one. I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've also fixed a lot of toys. Like, oh, this piece on such and such broke. So I'm like, all right, well, let me, let me just like uh, fabric halo green stuff here. We'll make that even it out, you know, and then it fixes the toy. Brand yeah. new. I mean, we have repair skills that a lot of folks just just never have the cause to develop. But here we are. Never the cause. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But here we are. Uh, yeah, so like yeah. knickknacks and stuff, right? Like making little trinkets. Yeah. Jewelry yeah. work. Yeah. Uh, oh, knowing how to mix epoxy. So is that hard? Do, do some people not know. know how to do that? I have no idea. But we do. Write in the comment section if you do not know how to mix epoxy. If you I'm write, not insinuating if that you in this don't. comment section, if you wrote, I don't know, I'm going to assume you meant you were talking about you don't know how to mix epoxy. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going to assume. Uh, Nothing that's... to do with Drizzt from an hour ago. No, no don't know how to spell that. <laughs> um... <laughs> What else, man? <laughs> uh, but but no, for for real, like a a familiarity with a lot of uh, goos and goops that are that are useful for various household activities that you might not know anything about. For mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had a friend recently like ask me what kind of glue we should be using to glue his shoes back together. Shoe and glue. this was a situation where I didn't actually have a good answer. Yeah, I mean, there there are glues specifically for gluing shoes back. Together. I mean, like actually branded called shoe glue. I mean, just saying that's. Uh, yeah. Just throwing that out there. Right. Uh, and this was a situation <laughs> where I was like, no, epoxy is not what you want. Super glue is not what you want. Uh, PVA. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you should just get some shoe glue. Yeah. Literal but the fact is, glue. there are times when somebody's going to say, "How? hey, how do I glue this to this? And you are going to know the answer because it's going to be right there that's at your true. hobby desk ready to go. Well, uh, that's. I think that's the, the bigger thing is that not only will I have an answer, but it will be here. I can give some to you or I can help you with whatever that is. Um, mm-hmm. Getting a little more serious. Um, I think social skills is kind of a big one. Uh, playing miniatures, you know, obviously it's a, it's kind of a, a solitary thing, but eventually you're going to want to talk to other people about it. You're going to want to share your work with other people. You're going to want to go to a local game store. You might want to play games with other people. And I think having that common ground and, and knowing certain things about your hobby helps you be a more social person where you might not have been before. Sure. You can have yeah. a D&D game where you don't talk to the other people at all out of character. That's, I think that's hilarious, honestly. Which it is hilarious, but that might just lead into talking out of character one of these days. Maybe third, fourth, fifth session. Be like, hey, we'll see. is your real the name secret is, really Billy? Yeah. <laughs> the secret is, much like the Hulk, right? I'm always out of character. Ah, <laughs> uh, like, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. So they'll never okay. know. <laughs> now, now on the, uh, the subject of social interactions, mm-hmm. okay, this is going to sound stupid, but I think that painting minis helps with fashion, personal fashion. 
if you can if you can dress a mini, you can dress yourself. You know what? Right now, now follow me here. Follow right, me here. All right, I'll, all right, I'll give it to you. All right. Explain. If you explain paint, it. If you mm-hmm. paint your mini's shoes brown, what color belt do you give your mini? Not black. Not black. That's right. That's right. Right. You flip right. that belt inside out to the brown <laughs> setting. <laughs> See, people don't even understand that there are two sides to a belt. <laughs> like that's right. That's I, right. In fact, I would I would imagine. You know, I don't even know if I have a straight up belt like that in my house. I have I have like normal other kinds of belts, but not one of those. Just throwing it out I, there. You know, normally in the past when I buy belts, I try to get the dual the dual purpose really? ones. Well, interesting. Yeah. Okay, it might be the PhD yeah. talking, but uh, yeah, always multitask because because uh, yeah, you, you got to be aware. That if you're wearing black shoes, what am I ever wearing black shoes? If you're wearing black <laughs> shoes, you gotta have a black belt. That's that's how it works. That's fashion. And if you didn't know that before, eventually that would start to to sink in when you're painting minis. But oh, also, yeah. yeah, you're picking out your pants color. You're picking out your shirt color. Maybe you're gonna put a jacket on or like a stylish vest. Uh. You know what? If you if you got a little bit of color theory and you mm-hmm. and you start to think about yourself not as a person going out into the world interacting with other humans and, and trying to make a good impression. Think of yourself one inch tall as as a miniature version of yourself. Get get your paint set out and then try to find the closest thing to, to Sotec Green in your closet. And you know you know what I mean? Like try oh, to Oh I know. Yeah. Yeah. If you can paint a mini, you can dress yourself. If you can I mean, paint a mini that looks good, you can dress yourself and kind of <laughs> look good, at least in terms like, of uh, color theory. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. I mean, I, I see where you're going with that. Uh-huh. I get the belt and the boots thing. That's that's a true, that's a given. I like that. Yeah. Um. And if your character is wearing Crocs, your character doesn't need a belt. That's... <laughs> If your character That's is wearing rule. Crocs and sweatpants, your, your character doesn't need a belt. Yeah. I I disagree entirely. I've seen too many people wearing sweatpants and Crocs that absolutely need a belt, so please yeah. do anything. You can you can pick whatever color of fanny pack you want to go along with the sweatpants. If that's what that's that's what it takes. If that's what it takes. If anything, if you're gonna wear sweatpants in public, please. That's just a public disclaimer. Just make sure your sweatpants have a drawstring. That that's all. Mm. That that'd be the the hidden belt of the the pant. Yeah. I don't know if I, I yeah I'm not going out in public in in a Crocs so not an issue for me. Okay. I'm just saying yeah. if you if you're really having trouble dressing yourself, maybe just through osmosis there might be some <laughs> tiny hope to be gleaned from uh, painting minis. I do think that the color theory aspect of what I was talking about earlier does coincide with this. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like if you're going to go out to a store and you're going to like realistically buy yourself some pants and some shirts and some whatever, you probably have a little bit better idea of how those things go together. Like you're not going to be mixing like stripes with plaids, right? Like that that clash is a bit too much because you wouldn't paint that on a model. 
I'm actually semi-serious about this. Yes, yes. I know. I'm just taking it a little bit further to the actual serious level. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to help. Yeah, yeah, no, no, for real. Yeah. Or you just uh, you buy a bunch of Goobertown blue shirts and you, you just wear shirts and Crocs and you're, you're fine. Yeah, I just I just wear whatever I bought like 10 years ago. It's it's all still good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all still good. That's true. I'm still. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. Don't do that. You need to update your wardrobe regularly. Yeah. yeah. So let's switch topics here. Uh, sure. Okay. Now this is this is also gonna sound like a joke, but I'm serious about it. Okay, uh-huh. this whole thing is sounding like a joke, but we're trying to be serious about it. Okay, this this whole thing sounds like a joke, but it's. I mean, if you really think about it, you'd be mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, these guys are right. These guys are right." Mm-hmm. Okay, I have written down here time dilation skills. and emergency response skills. I like this one a lot, actually. Yes, this this makes okay. a lot of sense. Okay, this is going to sound stupid, but... It, it does sound um, stupid. Okay. It, it's going to happen that you are going to drop bits. You're putting together a model, you're going to drop the model, or you're going to drop uh, the sword arm, you're going to drop mm-hmm. a shield, you're going to drop bits for this, probably the head. Probably the head is what you're going to drop. Yeah. You're getting that mold line on the top of the wall. Here it goes. Yeah. And this is going to sound silly, but I am now very good at finding those bits because mm-hmm. when when that bit goes flying i have i have been able to slow down time for the next half second i can i can focus my senses and i just i freeze i everything stops yeah everything has my, to stop my heartbeat mm-hmm. slows down by like half of whatever it was before like one beat per minute and mm-hmm. my eyes and my ears Focus in like lasers onto that bit as it flies, as it bounces, as it finds its resting place. Yes. I don't lose bits anymore. I'm telling you. I mean, that's that's pretty nice considering. Um, I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I have that sensation of like time slowing and you're just like, okay, I know what I need to be doing in this moment. The, the bit has gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and like for me, if if I don't hear a noise, because I, I have carpet, so that that kind of sucks. But I see the general location where it goes, and it doesn't usually bounce very far after that. So I haven't lost a bit in quite a while, and that, that was like a trained thing, because it really does suck to like be working on something and straight up just lo- it's gone, or or you know you clip something <laughs> and you hear it ping <laughs> off of a wall, and you're like, oh no, and it's gone. Yeah. Like I I've lost uh okay, like I bought a uh what is it? A Badger Sotar 2020 airbrush, right? It's like 100 bucks, get it in the mail, pull the thing apart to kind of like see how it's put together. I lose the nozzle. Ooh, that's a small one. Yeah, it's 20 bucks too. Just straight oh, yeah. up. <laughs> so, you know, getting getting that kind of like sixth sense for your bits important. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and seriously, this is something that has developed over time because, you know, back in the early days, something goes flying 
immediately like close the eyes like start swearing there's mm -hmm. there's that the first thing that happens or that used to happen was an emotional response like, yes like <laughs> frustration uh -huh. like a, a complete lack of focus frustration a little, little bit of anger you're like now i need to like do the whole search for this bit right you gotta get down your hands and knees start sweeping Ugh. well but i but i am dead serious that I have trained myself, I have developed a skill that when a bit goes flying, no emotion, perfect calm, perfect focus. Time slows down, I track, I track the progress of that bit uh, across the room. Uh, if it hits my lap, I feel it. I, I, I feel, I feel it hit the lap and, and bounce. You know, it's... Yeah. And this... This ability to to stay calm in a crisis, to know what you need to do to be there in the moment, that applies to everything, and you don't know when it's going to come up. That's true. But it's with you now. It's with you now. No, no <laughs> frustration, <something>. no panic, <laughs> no anger, just what's going on, what's important, what do I need to do? You might be you might be asking yourself why is this actually important? Well, let me tell you. Uh, not not too long ago, the other day, in fact, I was making a sandwich. It was mm -hmm. a good sandwich too. Mm -hmm. Mustard, it's honey mustard on it. It was like a uh, one of those nice beer mustards, right? Where they make them Sierra Nevada mustard. It was good. Anyways, for some reason or another, I was using a, a sharp steak knife to pull the mustard out of the jar. And right. I mean, I was going to cut the sandwich, so it was a whole. I didn't want to use a butter knife, right? But I dropped the knife and instantly went into that same mode of like, I need to make sure that my foot does not now get stabbed. Barefoot with a knife. This is the exact example I was going to use. This is Perfect. the exact example I was going to use. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, like, you know, just follow the knife, look down. I, it's going to land. Okay. It's like an inch from my foot. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Everything worked out. I did not get stabbed. Enjoyed my delicious mm -hmm. sandwich. So. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, okay, how do I, how do I, mm, we're only a little bit kidding, but it's definitely a thing that happens and it's weird, but it, it does actually make sense. Yeah, I'm a kidding less than you are. Like, I, seriously, I think you're right. <laughs> it, especially when I drop a knife, it's mostly when I drop a knife. Uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's an, an exacto, exacto knife, knife yeah. but uh, yeah, I, <laughs> again, time slows just a little bit. What's going on? What do I need to do? Move my yeah. foot just a little bit to the left. There we go. All right. Yep. Did not yeah. drop an exacto through my foot. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, when when this skill comes in handy for you, you'll realize it, and you'll leave a comment in the comment section. It might not be today. No, it, no, you happen. don't know when it'll be. That's the thing. This is this is why this is almost the best skill on the list. Is because I, you're probably right, actually. Yeah, it, it'll pop up when you least expect it, but when you most need it, and mm -hmm. uh, that's how that works. So, so I, speaking, I also, ooh, what? you had another one. Well, sort of. I wrote down dexterity boost. You know, as sure. like kind that's of a, a, yeah. an aside to that, like a little bit like like your fingers, but then then that kind of like reaction time. I guess I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. There's there's a bit of reaction time, but there's also. Uh, other stuff you need dexterity for. So, uh, I don't know. Eating with chopsticks. It's true. My chopstick uh, game has gone up, yeah. 
What else do you need dexterity for? I don't know. There's stuff. I don't know what you use dexterity for. Really. If you fix in your glasses. Mmm. Those tiny like screws. Oh, yeah. What else were you going to say? You had, I, I interrupted you so rudely. Well, we were talking about knives, exacto knives. Yeah. This isn't really a skill, but, you know, there was a time when people had fancy letter openers. Sure. You know, this was like a, a thing. Like, you, you had your desk, and on mm -hmm. your desk you had a letter opener. I think My people parents still have one. This. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. I've got exacto blades everywhere. <laughs> Hobby knives too, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> when a package comes in the mail, just boom, find the nearest exacto blade. Yep. Yeah. Boom. That's true. I, I do use the exacto for basically everything. Um, I don't know if that's really a skill, but that's a useful tool to have around. Knife skills seems seems useful. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, composition, I'm not sure how much that translates, but uh, composition and how you make bases, uh, colors that go together, the way things look. I, I have found that um, really getting into the hobby has made me kind of appreciate certain things that I find out in nature. Like, especially when I'm on vacation, I go look for things. I'm looking for things in different places that I wouldn't normally look. You know, I'm, if I go to a lighthouse, I'm kind of like noticing the effects of the salt water on, you know, the railings or the paint or what's going on. I kind of keep a mental catalog and even sometimes take pictures of those types of effects so that if I ever want to recreate those on a model, I can. And it's, I don't know, it's given me an appreciation for things that I probably wouldn't have ever noticed before necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Appreciating details in the world around you. That's yeah. valuable right there. Yeah. I feel like it is. I think so. I think those were the big ones. I think so. I mean, I mean, we wrote a lot of weird stuff down. And uh, I'm kind of surprised that we got through as many as we did. Look, you, you let us know in the comments below what kind of crazy, silly hobby skills you've developed and then somehow applied to your actual life. Or, yeah. yeah. We, we did what we could with this list, but I'm sure you've come up with some equally yeah. silly and well or, or here's a little bit of things. a that's probably true but uh, <laughs> a little bit of a practical note for me um starting a youtube channel f like i was using my phone to shoot video right everything was done my phone all the editing was done in my phone um i got a camera and i actually got a camera for free basically in trade to shoot a video for um, one of my wife's clients of an event that they were having. Um, and she was basically like, at the end of the thing, she's like, oh, well, you use my camera. That's fine. You know, it's DSLR, few few different lenses and stuff. Um, but knowing just a little bit about video and doing some of that stuff and, and doing a YouTube channel, like really spawned, uh, a side job, I guess, if you want to call it, or a real job um, of doing videography, like for a good amount of money and knowing how to use camera equipment and getting really into that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's like little things that, that, you know, you're doing in your hobby can translate into an actual real job, you know? True. Like you can become a mural painter. 
you started doing minis and you know you're starting freehand you're learning that stuff um you know it, it can expand into so many different things so yeah. don't take the hobby for granted i guess yeah yeah i mean uh kind of a side topic to that but if you have figured out how to take a decent picture of your mini on your cell phone for you you know instagram or whatever that's actually a pretty useful skill for all kinds of other photography right Uh, even if it's just photography on your cell phone even if it's just for social media or or your family getting getting good at social media if you have an instagram and you're a painter and you're getting all sorts of stuff all of a sudden maybe you're doing commissions you're making money and like who knows, right? Who knows what can happen? Well, so uh, I, I mean, the whole reason we do this podcast is because we think this is a, a great hobby, and even if all you're getting out of it is some relaxation at the end of the day at your hobby desk, that's worthwhile. But I really do think there's there's some stuff that you learn there at the hobby desk that that transfers over reasonably nicely to other things. So I that's all so we too. wanted to talk about today. Yeah. That's nice. Got anything else for us, Brent? No, on uh, on that note. Yeah, well, on that note, thank you again for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time.